This episode of the Terrible Terror Podcast is brought to you by Order of the Hexagon at Order of the Hex on Twitter, orderofthehexagon.com. Check it out for all your favorite horror reviews as well as music, video games, and other stuff. Uh, with that said, on with the show. It's time to turn off the lights, grab some popcorn, and watch some horrible horror movies. This is the Terrible Terror Podcast. Each episode I delve into the world of terrible horror movies. Why do I do it? Well, I can't really explain it, but I love these horrible films. If you've made a horror movie on your phone, or made your own special effects MacGyver style, please send it my way. Now, what do you get when you are promised a lot of boobs in a killer snowman movie and there's only really one pair? Why, you get Jack Frost 2, The Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowman. Why, hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Terrible Terror Podcast. Christmas is almost upon us, uh, at least at the time of this recording. Uh, and here we are with our second holiday horror movie of 2017. So, what are we looking at this time? Well, we're delving in further, in deeper, into the Jack Frostiverse. That's right, soon we're going to have Jack Frost versus the Ginger Dead Man. Maybe Santa from Santa Slay will also come along, and then Krampus will join, and there'll be the axis of, like, super evil? Christmas evil? I don't know, but this is the second episode of, or the second film in the line of Jack Frost movies. Well, technically, if you want to... put all of the Jack Frost movies in there. I think this is number three uh, with Jack Frost in the title. The last one is a really, uh, to me, it's a pretty awful animated film. So we go from Jack Frost, the first, you know, Killer Snowman movie, to uh, Jack Frost, the Michael Keaton Killer Snowman movie uh, that abandons his son, to Jack Frost 2, Killer Snowman in... I guess it's the Caribbean, or it's some tropical island. Um, Jack Frost Tropics? Uh, I don't really know. They just decided that, hey, we can't really film in the mountain town that we filmed in for the last movie, uh, so we might as well just build sets, and hey, let's just move the locations down south. So... It's an interesting film. I'll, I'll have to give you that. And, of course, you know, we'll always go through the whole thing and do all that fun stuff and give you the reaction at the end. But, honestly, the biggest thing is just the jarring way that it's filmed. Uh, everything seems to be much lower quality from the camera to the sets to the costumes, really. Um, though, the one thing I do have to say, there is one uh, piece of special effect work that I like a lot better. I mean, really, the CGI that's used in this one uh, is on par with, like, early 90s CGI. I mean, this could have been, like, the last Starfighter, and we would have been like, Ooh, ah, this looks so fucking cool. But in the year 2000, 
this still looks like crap. Uh, so here we go. We're just going to jump right into Jack Frost 2. Now it takes place one year directly after Jack Frost. And I know that I'm not saying the full title because it's Jack Frost 2, The Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowman. And even the title card sequence makes sure that we see that little bit of, uh, I don't want to call it tagline, but I guess subtitle to the film. So it starts off directly with Sam in a psychiatrist's office, kind of recounting the events of the last film. So Sam, what would you like to talk about this week? You know, they've been tracking Jack Frost for over three years. Now, Sam, I thought we agreed last week that we're going to try and discuss something other than the Jack Frost incident. Across 11 states, 38 deaths. Jack was nimble. Jack was quick. Jack gouged eyes with candlesticks. He smashed their skulls with sticks and stones, used iron bars to break their bones. He hid his kill in tiny places. So he wouldn't have to see their faces. Until I caught him, he was tried, convicted, sentenced to die. And then there was the accident. <laughs> What's that? Nothing. Okay, first off, this is one of the worst fucking psychologists that you're ever going to fucking meet, right? He is okay with his receptionist just listening in on what's going on between the private conversation of Sam and himself, right? Who fucking does this? Who just, like, man, this story is so fucking odd and so fucking out there, and I totally don't believe the whole thing in the killer Santa Claus, even though, based upon the last fucking film, a whole town experience the fucking thing everybody saw it there was that big scene that happened outside of where everybody was hauled up and they all ran outside and fucking jack formed again there's also the other cops that were there the ones that survived including his receptionist slash dispatcher i guess and the other cop that ran off with her like People know that this happened. Why are we choosing to show Sam as being this guy that's just fucking crazy now? Oh, we don't believe you. And the fact that the receptionist calls more people in uh, to further laugh at Sam is fucking ridiculous and really fucked up. Uh, anyway, let's continue Sam's story of what happened with Jack. Jack was traveling to his execution. Come here. Come here. The vehicle that he was in collided with a tanker. Secret government genetic acid. Jack was dissolved into the snow. <laughs> but you don't believe Jack Frost died, do you, Sam? Oh, no. No, he didn't die. He changed. <laughs> Why don't you tell us? Me. Tell me what he became. He became a mutant killer snowman. And then that frost snowman started to take apart my town. But tell us how you finally stopped. Yes, Sam. Tell us how you finally stopped the mutant killer snowman. With antifreeze. Uh. 
What happened to this antifreeze that this mutant killer snowman was dissolved? We buried it in an unmarked grave. And uh, where is this alleged grave? I told you before, Doctor. We all swore to secrecy. Yes. So that, and as I told you before, your delusion remains intact. No. So that the killing stops. Okay, like I said, this guy is completely beyond fucked up. He's even laughing at his own fucking patient. When he's telling him things that are confidential, whether or not you fucking believe in what he has to say, you're not supposed to laugh the guy in the fucking face. What if he went and turned around and he's like, nobody believes me, the only way I need to do this to get it out is to fucking blow the head off my psychiatrist. You'd be fucking dead! Yes, that's it. That's the end of you. Nothing else left to worry about. All because you let your staff laugh at him and you yourself laughed at him when he told you what he was feeling and what he was experiencing. Instead of just listening to him and maybe trying to figure out, like, you know, a psychiatrist does his fucking job. Like, how can we work and, you know, make sure that you don't think about this anymore? And, you know, maybe it was kind of all in your head. Again, though, it really wasn't because it's been proven that this is all fucking true based upon the last movie and based upon what we've all seen. (sighs) Well, from here we get the credits because... We're now shown the graveyard where supposedly Jack and the antifrost, antifreeze, I should say, is buried. Now, if I remember correctly, it was blessed ground by a priest at the end of the last film, as well as nowhere near a fucking graveyard. So, for some reason, they started burying people around where Jack was, maybe to hide the fact that he was there. But again, this is only one year after this. So I guess all the dead bodies that popped up from Jack in the last film all got buried around him because that's the fucking smart thing to do. Uh, We see that there's a guy leading him to a spot. And of course, he for some reason has the typical redneck voice while the other guy sounds like he's a part of the agency from the last film. You sure this is the one? Oh, well... You sure there's a reward? Yeah, there's a reward. Well, then this here's the one. This is where they buried that antifreeze. <clears throat> so, uh, what you fixing on doing with this stuff anyway? I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you afterwards. Then again. What kind of nice guy agency is this? I'm just going to fucking kill you because I'm not supposed to tell you, but I'm not going to tell you anyway. And then, well, what the fuck? I might as well just fucking blow your brains out. There's no reason for him to kill this poor guy. All he has to do is say, you know what? Uh, I'm really not in the mood to show you, um, you know, or tell you what the fuck is going on. I really don't need to. I just... Some things that happen in this film, I really don't get. There are a lot more questions than fucking answers from Jack Frost, too. Uh, Also, you know, this takes us into a, like, Jack Frost testing montage. Like, they're trying to figure out a way to bring him back. I understand at the end of the other film, when we had the other agent, uh, not Agent Manners, and I can't remember the guy's name for the other one, Probably it's Agent Fuckface. Well, see, Agent Fuckface really wanted to keep him alive, right? So that they can study him and see what everything has done. And that's what it looks like these guys in the really generic scientist lab are doing. 
Uh, they look the part. They look like they're lab technicians doing it and uh, working the hard night. And you know, it's not going very well. They can't figure out what's going on. Uh, so they all leave for the night. They put up a you know cup of coffee that happens to hang out on the outside of the tank that Jack Frost's antifreeze body is in. And what are they fucking gonna do? Is the coffee gonna fall in there and fucking bring him back to life? I mean, that would be fucking worse than the dog piss from Nightmare on Elm Street 4, right? Uh, well, maybe it wouldn't be as bad. No, 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 it definitely would be worse, right? Because dog pee at least... No, see, that doesn't make any fucking sense either. Well, a janitor comes in and he's cleaning around. And I'm expecting that, you know, Jack Frost has just been biding his time and he's going to come up. But he accidentally bumps into the tank of antifreeze Jack Frost. And wouldn't you fucking know it, the coffee spills into the goddamn tank and brings Jack Frost back to life. What the fuck? Uh, this is fucking ridiculous. You get the awesome fucking CGI sequence of all of a sudden the molecules coming back together. I guess he just needed to have his morning coffee before he came back together. What? 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 The the beginning of this film is... It is dumb. It is dumb up to a point, and then, well, we I can't get into much into it because that gives away how I feel about this film at the end of the day. But this is just so fucking stupid. The whole resurrection sequence for Jack Frost, and even he gives a stupid little pun at the end of it that's not very good. Oh, it's time for revenge. <laughs> I don't know if I do the good voice or not for him, but that's about as well as fucking what's-his-name does for Jack anyway. So, I digress, and we go over into the next morning, and Sam and his wife and uh, Sam played by the same guy, by the way, so at least they got some of the people back from the original film. Got the original voice of Jack, because, of course, you can't do that without his voice. It was like be doing Thanks Killing 3 without Turkey's voice, or Gremlins 2 without Mogwai's voice, or, you know fucking things up for an animated series when you decide to change the voice actor or better yet you know when you need to replace beth uh on roseanne and you put another fucking actress in their place i mean that's fucking stupid you don't fucking do that right so anyway outside ann and sam are talking because they're also waiting for marla and joe to pop up because i guess they're going on a wedding vacation they're going to get married they're the only two people that are coming to the wedding which is honestly kind of fucked up when you think about it unless you know jack killed the relatives in town in the previous movie but i don't think he killed anybody related to joe or marla but sam said he would be the best man for the two-person wedding again weird but I guess it's a destination wedding, so not everybody can fucking go to those anyway. So I guess if Sam and Anne go along, it's kind of okay. Well, they haven't showed up yet, and that makes Sam want to panic because he starts thinking that maybe he shouldn't go on this vacation after all. Sam, if you really don't want to go, we won't. Okay. But Dr. Morton said we should get away together, and you promised Joe you would be his best man. Do you know... It was exactly a year ago that it happened? Yeah. And that's why we should be somewhere else for Christmas. Somewhere with no memories. Yes. Hey, guys! Oh. Joe! Hurry up! Here comes the groom. Come on! 
Oh, no, we're late. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So, at least we have reoccurring characters in this film, and I believe that they're the same actors. I mean, I think Marla is definitely the same actress. She just put on a couple of pounds from the first film. And Joe, I'm not totally sure unless he lost a lot of weight. And this definitely isn't only one year after the original was filmed because the original was filmed probably about 96 and this came out in 2000. So you're thinking somewhere in 99, maybe in part of 2000, maybe they only took two weeks to film because that's what the quality looks like. Uh, But everybody's definitely aged more than just a year. So they get on the plane and they fly out to the Caribbean. And then that's where we're introduced to the Colonel and Bobby. And they're the ones that are kind of... The Colonel is the like liaison for the island. And Bobby is his stereotypical Jamaican counterpart who is also the bartender. And they start to kind of introduce the guests that are going to be there. And the Colonel believes that everybody is there for a specific reason. And makes up storylines for everyone. This is so Oh, now, now that's Rose, Ashley, and Paisley. Here we go. First vacation without the parents. Now, now they think they're looking for adventure. However, what they'll discover is the true meaning of friendship. Isn't that sweet? Look at this light. You can slit my throat now. I've seen it all. What is scrumptious, eh? Now, now they're here on a calendar shoot. Are you sure this is all inclusive? That's right. All the food we can eat. Honey, you can purse your heart's delight. Mm, put that big tiki in my room. However... No, 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 don't tell me. They're going to discover the whole beauty more than skin deep thing. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. This is so great. They're going to have archery and karaoke and a party and they're snorkeling. Oh, oh, a buffet for oh, you, honey! Buffet. <laughs> honey, I hate karaoke. Oh, honey. Yeah, you know, Colonel... Not everybody has to have a life story, man. Some of these people, they're just here on vacation, man. <laughs> Absolutely not. Everyone here for a reason. Yeah, mark my words. And that reason is they're all probably going to get killed by Jack Frost. Honestly. I mean, the ones in the beginning, uh, if I put bets on this right now, they're probably going to be the ones that I was promised boobs for. The second one, I think I saw her in the trailer as the one doing the photo shoot with the ice and the ice scene, which we'll get into a little later. Um, Maybe we'll get a nip slip on that one. And then, of course, that guy is probably gay, and that's the joke that they're making. Beauty's only skin deep, but, uh, you know, the way that he's talking to everybody. And then there's the Asian model that's behind him, but who knows? how much she's actually going to be important to the story uh i mean everybody that they've just introduced is basically seen as like fodder for the rest of the film and then when we meet our lovely soon to be married couple there's no story for them though sam does pull a g move and even though he didn't want to go uh he set up everything as a second honeymoon for him and Anne. so are you telling me that he was about to back out because he was afraid that jack was still coming at him or was he afraid the fact that he was gonna have to have a second honeymoon and he thought that was a horrible idea like ah shit it's like being married all over again i have to deal with this bullshit anyway i digress so we cut out now into the ocean and we see two idiots sitting aboard a raft and i don't get it they this scene doesn't make a whole lot of sense all it does is allow jack to kill them to get his nose oh 
before I forget, yeah, he does go on a collecting spree. It's like a fucking RPG that's going on here. You know, he, before he can finally materialize. Or, you know what? This is like Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest, right? Dracula's trying to come back to life. In this case, it's Jack Frost. And he needs to get all the pieces of his body together before he can fucking come. He manages to form icicles and shit into the water. He manages to fucking not, like, evaporate away as he's going through the warm body of the water of the Caribbean, uh, and, and he manages to somehow track fucking Sam across continents and oceans to figure out exactly where he is and knows where he can get a carrot in a boat of people that are stranded out in the middle of fucking ocean. Really? He's that fucking, like, high-tech super engaged now? Has the antifreeze really just gone to his fucking brain so that he now has super magical fucking powers? When the last one, his big power was, I can turn into water and fit through fucking doors that way. I don't even go underneath the door. I just spray all around. But in this one, he can travel through with nothing with no worries about everything and randomly form himself together at least to kill people um, I, I i really don't get it but we go back to that evening at the island and i guess they're doing kind of like the welcome party and so we find out that this movie is actually sponsored but by who <laughs> bobby's angels what can i get for you girls I'll have an Asahi. Ooh, Asahi sounds good. I'll have an Asahi, too. Yeah, I make mine an Asahi. And I have three boys on the side. <laughs> oh, let me see what I can wrestle up. Really? You paid money to be in this movie, Asahi? I, I get it. You're actually a pretty damn good Japanese beer. You're one of my favorite fucking Japanese beer. But you fucking sponsored this? It's fucking everywhere. It's here. It's in another scene. There's another scene with Jack, and it's promptly out there. Uh, but it does get kind of mucked up by the wondrous fucking CGI that they use in this movie. But honestly, it's so blatant product placement right here at this point in the film. Oh, I'll have an Asahi. I'll have an Asahi. You know what? Make my Asahi too. Honestly, what three types of airhead actresses like this that they're using to portray these girls? And I'm not saying that these girls are airheads. I'm just saying they're playing the part like that, okay? But what type of girls like that would be ordering fucking beer? And especially Japanese fucking beer. They would have, if anything, it would have been like a Budweiser or a Bud Light. But I guess Budweiser was smart enough to not fucking sponsor this movie. And Asahi was like, oh, killer fucking snowman movie. Oh, and it's the sequel to the very, uh, not really that popular first one that was direct to DVD. And this one looks like it was shot on a VHS recorder just like fucking redneck zombies i'm fucking in we'll give you the money to make your movie as long as you make sure to say our name a bunch of times minimum of three okay so they get their beers and then they start talking about the men at the party by the fountain hawaiian shirt beer no he's so grandpa (laughs) oh umbrella White tea coconut cocktail. Closet. No way. Oh, yes way. Oh. I think what you guys are looking for is behind door number three. 
bad boys. <laughs> Come on. Okay, Beavis and Butthead that are behind you are, yeah, the obvious choice because of the way that you guys have, well, the way that your characters are, deve- no, the, the way that your characters are written. No, for the idiots that they want to portray your characters as, yeah, you should have gone right there. Your fucking idiot bad boy radar should have gone off and, ooh, right there, these guys. And you really look at them and they look like they're they're not even fucking bros and not even fucking cute. At least get two guys that are somewhat muscular, right? So that way you could be like, oh, they're bad boys and they're muscular. Oh, God. But meanwhile, she's checking out fucking Joe in the corner and random other old dude that's there. And honestly, I think the only other dudes that are at this place are Joe, Sam, and that photographer guy, as well as Bobby, uh, one of the other people that's on there we're going to meet in just a second, uh, and Joe, um, I think it's five. Oh, there's another person that we're going to meet in a little while, too. But I don't want to spoil that right now. Uh, because that's a little bit of a surprise. Uh, so, what I'm trying to say here is, ladies, we're not meat. We're men. Respect us. Don't just go out and looking for us and which one you want to bang when you go to the fucking club. Okay? You know, men don't do that to you, do they? No, of course not. And if you don't get the sarcasm... Okay, get the sarcasm. So after we have the little meat market thing that goes on there, we see that Sam is sitting in a chair by himself, and he's contemplating, but he's also hearing voices inside of his head. Looks like we have us a party pooper duper! Sorry, has a grunt monster stolen your happy dust? This is a job for Captain Fun! Look, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I just need but Captain Funny seems so sad. How will you ever save him? Good point, Activity Boy. I may have to use the secret weapon. Come on, everybody. It's karaoke time. Now, if you're imagining that his face is as punchable as he sounds, yes. Yes, it is. I wanted to sock that cocksucker right in the fucking face the moment he put out, and Sam should have done it too. Uh, so, he brings in karaoke, and of course, you know, Sam doesn't like karaoke, but they kind of go along with it anyway. And then we focus in on Joe and Sam, and they're talking about what's about to happen, and the fact that, you know, he doesn't want to bring up, Joe doesn't want to bring up Jack to basically upset sam but sam assures him that he's okay with it you don't think you don't think i can say it i can say it look at me look at me listen snow see no no problem so listen to this snowman ha! okay how well, uh, mutant killer snowman shoot sam you know dan doesn't want me talking to you about that listen it's all in the past buddy ancient history hey getting married (laughs) almost married (laughs) okay where's the stripper that needs to come out in the middle of nowhere and says no don't do it don't get married because have you seen the person that you're going to get married? He also got like hit on by one of the hot fucking blondes that happened to be there. And I don't know where all these extra people are because they sure as hell weren't on that fucking bus that came off of that 
airplane that got them there. The other thing is, how big was fucking Snowton? Like, didn't that place basically reside in the middle of nowhere and now it has a fucking airport so within the last year it became some type of big metropolitan area that we're supposed to believe this by the way from colorful little mountain town that had a killer snowman problem to a bustling uh major metropolitan city that now has an airport unless it's a cessna that they're going to ride all the way down to the caribbean from where in the bumfuck of the midwest that they are sorry not everywhere in the midwest is a bumfuck it could be the northwest it could be the mid north i don't fucking know but honestly where are they they're not in a very populated town to have their own goddamn airport but supposedly they were able to fly to the caribbean from their fucking bumfuck mountain town Oh, anyway, we go back out to the beach now and we see our three girls uh, from the place and they've gone out there because they're basically having a mini bonfire waiting for the two uh, fuckheads to arrive, Beavis and Butthead. And while they're out there, they just start discussing about which one's going to get which because all three of them want to get lucky, but there's only two doofuses for these guys to get. Well, the first one goes off on her own to go find them, and she claims one of them. I don't remember. I think it's Butthead that she claims. Uh, And we see Jack slowly set up the kill in one of our... Well, not necessarily our first kill in this movie, because he's killed the janitor. Well, that seemed like more of an accident when he popped out of the, you know, antifreeze and formed. It exploded, and the glass got him in the face. And then he did kill one of the guys on the ship. The other one was thrown to the ocean by the other guy on the... Not the ship, but the raft. Uh, And he did, like, you know, stab him with uh, an icicle. So... That's number two. So I guess this makes number three, I believe. Uh, And this is the most ridiculous of the ridiculous. I mean... He's got her, and she's going to find coal, and she put he puts, like, pieces of coal laid out for her, uh, because, oh, he's like, coal, gotta get my eyes. See, he's getting the second part of his body. Soon Dracula's gonna be risen again. Uh, and he lays them out for her perfectly, and it's like James Wood in, in that Family Guy thing, where, ooh, piece of candy, ooh, piece of candy. She's like, ooh, piece of coal. She picks it up, he throws down an icicle, and it misses her. Uh, and then he's like, oh, I guess I'm a little rusty. So he tries again, and he tries a bunch of times. And she doesn't notice that there's random fucking icicles falling around her either. Like, they're all stuck in the fucking ground. Everything has barely fucking missed you, but you can't fucking tell that this is going on. So he's like, oh, yeah, I'm rusty. Maybe I just need to do this the easy way. And then he forms himself to a fucking anvil, and like a fucking Looney Tunes cartoon, he falls on top of her. It's so bad and ridiculous. It is like, literally, they went frame by frame and just covered her up with the anvil. She kind of throws her hands up in the air and falls, but the way that she ends up being smushed is fucking ridiculous. So, now girl number two decides that, oh, she hasn't come back yet, so I better go find her. And then Jack sends up uh, another kill for her where he sets up a bed of ice spikes and makes her fall backwards into it by sticking a spike of ice and having her step on it like it's a Lego in your living room. And so she falls back and she dies that way. Then he goes over to the beach and he gets ready to kill the final girl that's sitting out there on the beach, but she's prepared to protect herself with a pair of barbecue tongs. Ooh, tongs! I'm so scared! I don't know whether to shit myself or grab the barbecue sauce! <laughs> Who are you? Winter. Get away from me! Ooh, feisty. I like it. Where are you? 
I'm here. Or maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm here. Here. Or maybe I'm right here. And so he stabs her in the eyes with the tongs in a pretty decent effect. Um, I even like the kill. Uh, the anvil kill is ridiculous, and I busted out laughing so goddamn hard. You really need to see it. Uh, the other two kills, I actually think they're pretty good. Uh, the tongue one is not terrible for a budget that they probably had with this film, which was probably maybe a couple million dollars. Uh, not too shabby, not too bad. And that's one of the things I do have to say about this film, is the kills aren't terrible. And they do a pretty decent job, uh, with the practical effects, even though some of it's a little bit, uh, you know. Uh, so she's dead, and we go cut to the next morning, and we see that Sam and Anne are laying in their honeymoon suite, and they're laying in bed, and all of a sudden, Captain Fun randomly bumps into the room and jumps in the bed like he's Denny in the fucking room. Uh, what the hell, man? You're not gonna be able to have a threesome with them right now because they're, one, they're fucking sleeping. Two, they don't fucking know you and didn't invite you. But no, he wants to wake them up to make sure that they go out and have a day of fun! Oh, boy. I just wanna fucking slap you so goddamn hard. So they get up and we go over and we see Marla and Joe uh, in their room and I thought they were in the honeymoon suite too and I don't remember a honeymoon suite having two twin beds that they sleep on. Like they're there fucking in their own fucking bed and they're, you know, I guess they're okay with it. Uh, well, Joe's not really. He's like, come on, just let me go sleep over there. Basically, he wants to get some. And he even says, hey, we sleep together when we live together. And she's like, no, not here. We're on vacation. So I guess if you're on vacation and you're married, you need to have a separate bed. We might as well have a separate pussy and a separate dick, too, while you're at it. If you're not going to spend any time having vacation sex, that just doesn't make any sense. I guess maybe if you want to be a little traditionalist and be like, hey, you know, when we're not going to have sex again until we get married, well, you know, then you're, you're pretty fucked up, to be honest, if you've been having sex all this time. I mean, you feel me, right? Like, why hold it over because you're going to be husband and wife the next day? Unless you really want it to be, or you think it's going to be that fucking fantastic if you wait till you fuck on your wedding night. I, I don't know. Uh, we go back out and we see Bobby and the Colonel and they're talking about breakfast and how it should be set up and oh add more raisins to this and do this like he's really micromanaging everything that's going on and then all of a sudden there's a scream in the background and then uh bobby he actually gives some pretty solid advice damsel in distress on the beach look lively lad no 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 man you don't go running towards the screaming then you might ever teach you nothing man that is the smartest guy in this whole fucking movie. You're right. You'd never go towards the screaming. Well, I mean, if you want to be kind of heroic. But in a movie like this, you never do that. You fucking idiot. So they both go over towards what's happened. And they, we see a couple that's run across the body that was hit by the anvil. And this is where it looks ridiculous. Because it really does look like a Looney Tune cartoon. Like, the feet are spread out in front, and the hands are spread out to the back, well, really off side to side, and it's a perfect fucking pancake on the ground. Uh, the couple, they're all, like, shocked about what's going on, and the colonel basically says, hey, we'll give you free room for service for the rest of your stay if you don't say shit. And, I, what? W why? Like, 
that's a dead body. Something big is going on. You're just going to let free room service be the dictator of whether or not you actually try to contact the authorities or the police or get this resort in fucking trouble? Especially if you're the owner slash manager of this place, why would you want to just like, well, I guess I know why you'd want to cover it up, but you think you would give something more than just fucking room service for this flattened dead body that you just found out there. And of course, this is when the colonel tells Bobby he wants to call for the scary guy or the, uh, you know, investigator that they have on site. Get me the head of island security. Get me manners. Oh, no, not the scary dude. Yes. The scary dude. Not so fast. Scary dude's already here. Ah, manners. uh, Nasty business, this. uh, Sorted out in time for tea. eh? You got a third MV on the beach. No, MV, no, you've lost me. Murder victim. Murder? Nonsense. Shark attack. (laughs) Wait. Something looks familiar, not totally familiar about that guy, but the way that he acts, his name is Agent Manners. He, well, he has an eye patch now, okay? The original one didn't have an eye patch. Uh, and he says, he fucking says MV. That's what he said in the first film, right? This has to be Agent Man- How the fuck did he survive? He got fucking slaughtered in the first film. His face got fucking bit to death, and he got a fucking carrot in the eye. Well, that would make sense why he has the eye patch now, but why is his face... Maybe his face looks different because something... I don't know. Well, Sam comes upon the scene, and he's also... Oh my god, there's a dead body here, and he recognizes Agent Manners as well. Uh, last year in Snowman Trust me, Sheriff. You've got the wrong guy. Well, then how do you know that I'm a sheriff? Uh-huh. <laughs> Look at me. Look at my face. Look what he did to my face. Fifteen operations to make it like this. His icicle fangs and his pointy nose. I live on an island now, and there's never, ever any snowman. And I'm very, very happy. Do you get it? I got it. I got it. I'm sorry. Whatever you say. No problem. Now, we've got us a coconut shark to catch, if you don't mind. And so Sam goes off. I guess that's how they explain that possibly a different actor is playing him. Again, this takes place a couple years... Well... I'm sorry, it takes place one year after the original film, but it's definitely filmed at least three or four years, and who knows if they have the same actor, if he put on weight, he looks a little different, because he does have long hair, and he looks a little more tropical with his uh, Hawaiian shirt on and everything like that, and his trendy fucking eye patch. Well, from here, Sam goes ahead and takes off and rejoins his friends, and we go back into the hotel lobby where the colonel is still trying to make sure that nobody brings any type of alarm to the situation that goes on here. They're going to contact the outside world and then, you know, figure out how to move on forward because, of course, a supply ship is coming in the morning. Colonel Hickering, I don't like this situation. You'll have to warn the guests. Absolutely not. Something like this gets out. Before you know it, the whole place is closed down and you'll be out of a job. Colonel, you got a murderer on the loose? Nonsense. Shark attack. And a very nasty cooking accident. Cooking? Uh, Now look, there's no need for alarm until the authorities tell us otherwise. Back in India, those Punjab bollers had killed 150 of us before the CO even gave the order for us to get out of bed. Colonel, problem. The phone line is dead. What? God, 
If it's not one thing, it's another today. Right, let's go and see to the satellite. <clears throat> Come on, chop, chop. The satellite's out. Nothing suspicious about that. Oh, phone line's dead, huh? Let's see who's next. Well, they go from here and they go to check out what's going on with the phone system and the satellites. And when they finally open, really slowly, by the way, like he goes over there and he puts in a screwdriver. And and I don't know if it's meant to put in like tension or something like is something going to happen to Bobby while he's unscrewing this thing? And he slowly does it and it slowly moves It slowly moves It slowly moves and then it opens up and there's just water that fucking falls out. What the hell, man? Like... It's not even scary. And you tell me that that's not suspicious to you. Like, randomly, there's just a bunch of water inside a piece of electrical equipment. Makes no fucking sense. So the colonel brings everybody on staff, I guess, with the island together. And basically tries to still calm everybody to a point And just kind of saying that you know that manners here. He overreacts. And really, nothing is as bad as it seems. We all know. Mr. Manners here is prone to overreaction. <laughs> I, I think we can uh, we can all remember the Colombian invasion affair. <laughs> You've got three bodies, no explanations. Add that up, it spells trouble. Why aren't the police here? The satellite's out. Now, I suggest you round up your guests, lock them down, and put the squeeze on them until someone squeals. Hey, now these people came here for a taste of island hospitality. There will be no squeezing or squealing on my watch, Mr. Funsucker. Precisely. No proof of anything nasty anyway. Put it all in the past. Jolly good time had by all. Eh? <laughs> Splendid plan. Off we go. Show those smiles. Okay, Captain Vun, you're a fucking turd, okay? Look, there are people, there are three people that have died on your fucking island. They only really found the two bodies. I don't understand how they didn't find the third one that was right next to the other one. Unless Jack Frost fucking devoured her or something like that to make the body go away. From here, we switch over to a quick scene of everybody drinking and partying down for a second. And then we go into Jack Vision as he's coming upon the photographer and the model that are taking shots for a calendar. uh, I guess that they're going to create later sometime after their whole time on this island is done. Uh, we get a lot of Jack and his little puns. Uh, this was a really long scene, so I kind of cut it down to about half uh, of what it is, because the beginning was fine with the puns and everything, but really it's what you want after he says that, like, well, the photographer tells the model that, hey, uh, you know what, you need to do something about making this more exciting. And she's like, oh, okay, and he's like, no, in the nipple area. Uh, and that's when she takes blocks of Jack and puts them against her nipples with no freaking nudity whatsoever. Like, I, why can't you show that? Why can't you show her rubbing ice on her tits? That, that makes no sense. You're going to do it through the bra, or, or the tank top, I should say. And the fact of the matter is, she already has hard fucking nipples, so this is not the first fucking take. Just do it again, and then when she... She goes to grab the piece of jack ice like she's obviously grabbing a camera, you know, because you would use just maybe two or three fingers, but she uses her whole hand to grab the camera. So she's obviously grabbing it to move it towards her boob because we get into jack vision. So, of course, there are things that happen in the scene, but let's listen to the best parts of it. 
Thank you. Oh, God, I hate this. So cold. <laughs> God, I must have been a good boy this year. Ooh, roll me over. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Almost done. Oh, yeah. We, we are going in again. Oh, God, I think I'm in love. How about it, honey? You and me, I'll put all this killing behind me. I'll give it all up for you. Just say yes. Okay, all done. Oh, all done? All done? What do you mean, all done? How could you do this to me? After all we had together, I'll get you, you cold-hearted little bitch. Oh, just one more thing. Could I have an iced coffee? Ice coffee? Good idea. Come on, boys. Everybody into the pool. This one is from all of us. You fixed it. No, no. You can't be all nicey-nice to me and expect me to forget how you just threw me away. I... But that's so nice. Oh, uh, you rubbed me all over with your lips. Okay, okay, okay. I forgive you, doll. Oh, oh I forgive you. Oh, oh no! <laughs> that's it! You are so fucking dead! Okay. Okay, then the cameraman says, okay, give me a couple more shots. And he does take pictures of him of her but when he gets her in the frame from one of the shots her head fucking explodes and chunks of her go everywhere so jack now has the power to make people's body explodes by I guess expanding inside of them well at least within the head because I, he get into her bloodstream or something like that I, I don't know but now that's one of his powers and what i also forgot to mention was that he was looking at the scarf uh, that she was using for one of the shots. And he's like, ooh, that's a nice scarf. So I guess in the next part of his body collectathon that he needs, and that's the reason why he's killing these people. So after he explodes her head, then we get one of those wonderful Jack puns. Oh, I guess it was decapitated coffee. <laughs> Let's take some Polaroids. <laughs> we'll need some props. What's ridiculous about here is that we just saw this lady's head explode, but then when he's killing the photographer, we don't see any of it. We just see pictures that are Polaroids, and he's obviously not using a Polaroid camera. He's just he's using a fake, like almost like a DSLR type of camera, and. If that's even fucking right. I'm pretty sure somebody's going to tell me, no, that's not what that camera's called, okay? Whatever, fuck you. Uh, and so, he, we see Polaroids that pop down and then there's blood. He basically chokes him out with the scarf and then stabs him in the eye with a carrot. Why can't we see that? Why can't we see the Jack fucking thing? Like, we see glimpses of him. We see pieces of the kind of mitten hands. At one point, he doesn't have mittens. It looks like he actually has a hand when he grabs the tongs. But we never actually see the full Jack costume in action. And I don't get it. We saw it all the fucking time in the first one. Why wouldn't we see it in here? Most of the time, he's fucking in his water form or fucking invisible. So... We go now back over to Sam, who's with Marla, Joe, and Anne, and they're doing like an archery thing. 
And Manners approaches him and tells him, hey, can you meet me in the lobby in a little bit and make sure that you come alone? And of course, Sam goes over to meet him, thinking that they actually know something about maybe what's going on with the killings here. You alone? Yeah, I'm alone. You're sure no one followed you? Well, I did a little tricky double back across the paddle tennis courts just in case so I could throw them. Yeah, I'm alone. Manners, what in the hell are you doing here? Well, after that thing last Christmas, I uh, gave myself a leave of absence. Oh, they fired you, huh? Can my ass right out the door. I guess not too many people believe in Killer Snowman. Yeah, I've been there. Well, so uh, what's this all about, huh? We got us a case. This is no boo-hoo. They stole my fishing pole case. This is a real tongs in the eyeball. Chop them in little pieces. Uh Case. Not a shark attack, huh? There's someone I'd like you to meet. Sam, I think you know our director of Island Entertainment. Oh, sure. Captain Fun, yeah. Mr. Tyler. Captain. It may surprise you to know he's on our side. That little performance back in the office, that was just a ruse to allay the other's suspicion. Yeah, well, I wasn't there, so I I didn't see it. Ah, well, pretty darn good performance, if you ask me. Okay, I don't know about you, but that's right up my alley of humor. Like, that's ridiculous that you get this in a lot of films or even with the cartoons or whatever you listen to some stories and the characters aren't involved in the situation that's going on yet they somehow have complete knowledge and they're like oh okay and in this case he's like yeah that performance back in the break room and he's like what i wasn't there like that's fucking funny if you ask me uh so Hey, this film, in general, has a weird sense of humor that I actually find funny. Like, I feel like that part is a lot better than in the first film. So, they all come up with a plan to basically lure out the killer. And it all comes down to Captain Fun's plan of having a party. The party that he talked about having earlier that Sam didn't want anything to do with. So, they all dress up in costumes and they basically drink and try to search for the killer sam thinks that he hears jack frost off in the distance so he starts following a snowman that's running away he sees a carrot that's lying on the ground and that carrot uh wasn't there before and he turns around there's a snowman that he whacks in the head with a shovel but it turns out that it's not jack frost but really it's the colonel Now, we can't have the guests attacking the staff. It's just not on. I didn't think it was you, sir. Well, I'm pleased to hear it. We just thought we were going to lure the killer out into the open. There is no killer. The two most dangerous things on this island are your imagination and Mr. Tyler's poor judgment. I'm so sorry, Colonel. Now, the supply ship will be here in the morning. They'll contact the police. Panic over. So... I'd be grateful if you two would stop alarming people, eh? Right, everyone, off to bed. From here, we go back over and we see Sam and Anne are talking. And Anne really wants Sam to finally get over this stuff because he keeps hearing his voice uh, somewhere around him and that's what's making him paranoid about everything. And she just really can't get it and can't understand it and really feels that that's going to end their marriage. 
But I heard his voice, and Sam. No, I did. Not like it's in my head. I heard him. You heard someone who sounded like him. Yeah, I've heard that voice every night in my dreams for the past year. I heard. No, you didn't. You couldn't because Jack Frost is dead. He was dead before, and he came back again. Maybe something has happened. No, it hasn't. Nothing has happened. Oh my God! I just don't know how much more of this I can take. Jack Frost is dead, and he's tearing us apart. Marla is right. Sam, you are out of control. You almost killed a man tonight. This poor, innocent old man is barely conscious because you just can't get over it. Wait, 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 wait! The colonel wasn't barely conscious. He was awake enough and functional enough to tell him that, "Hey, you fucked up," and I'm glad that we're okay. I'm okay, but you can't go off hitting people that aren't fucking killer snowman like he looked perfectly fine he didn't almost fucking die so that's a lie right there fucking Anne. and two he's there on the fucking island okay there's sam is totally right and i get it we're trying to make it like okay he's just been so affected by this thing that he really shouldn't be worrying about this but he really is causing all these things, and people are constantly dying on the island. Like, where is the people that you all came in with? Basically, everybody that you've met, except for one fucking person, is dead. You four are the last remaining four from your plane, and there's only one girl left, and she's out there by the pool about to jump in and skin... Wait. Is she really... Is this what everybody has been telling me that's going to happen? This scene right here... We're finally going to see... We're finally going to see boobs? Like, I've sat through most of the beginning and, and almost halfway through this film, and finally we're going to see... And it's it's the girl that I thought wasn't going to show shit or do anything. I honestly thought that she was going to be the first person to die, and that just because she didn't seem like she had anything going on for her. Like, there was no big things going with her, except for, I guess, her big things... So, she does skinny dip and jump into the pool, and those are fake, okay? They don't fucking, they float, okay, it's still fine. I'm okay with it because, because boobs. Uh, And then Jack actually shows up, and he's like, ooh, I love to breaststroke with those things, Uh, or or whatever it is. I'd like to practice my breaststroke, that's what it is. And starts like testing the water and eventually freezes it over. And first you see the layer of whatever it is. And then the CGI ice that goes over on top of it. Oh man, that's some of the best work I've ever fucking seen in a movie. Uh, And then we see uh, the girl, the poor girl. Why you gotta kill the TNA? I don't get it. But she drowns underneath the water because she can't break through the ice that's on top of her. Uh, And then, of course, Jack decides that he's going to turn this into a lovely winter wonderland. Now, this is much more my style. You know what? I feel like a cold one. Hmm. Or 12. (laughs) Tonight's weather report. 20% chance of frostbite and a 100% chance of death. Okay, first off... 
he can do this now too. This is his other power. He can actually turn things into winter. How can he change the global temperature? Like, it's not just putting ice down on the ground. I get it. You can do it for a little bit. But for it to stay there, you have to change the temperature of the entire environment around you. Basically create like a snow globe so that this area, only these this parts of the island in this part of the world is no longer at 100 and something degrees Fahrenheit and instead is freezy fucking cold. What? When did he get this fucking power? This is all brand new news to fucking me. Oh, okay. The other thing is, is Asahi shows up again when he goes to grab the beers. And they also get covered in horrible, horrible CGI when he overfrosts them too. We do also get to see the puppet or uh, costume for Jack in a couple shots. But it really doesn't do a whole lot. His mouth moves a little bit. The last Jack was so much better it was a shittier looking puppet, but it actually did stuff. It moved around, was on screen more. We even got the Picasso version of it. It was great. But here, this thing, the mouth barely moves. There's no ice fangs. There's nothing special about it other than it looks like fucking felt. It really is a shitty costume, and I can understand why they didn't want to show it that much. And we more get Jack's voice off camera than actually on. So, Jack visits Sam and Anne's room and pulls the blanket very nice over over Sam because he's starting to get cold. They wake up uh, because it has gotten much cooler, and then they look outside and they notice that there's nothing but fucking snow everywhere. And so, he asks what's going on uh, to the colonel, and meanwhile, the entire time that they're trying to talk, people are fucking whipping snowballs at them. Like, the actors are literally standing there doing this, pretending to be cold, and getting whipped at by snowballs while they're having this conversation. What's happening, Sam? I don't know. (laughs) This is great fun, eh, Mr. Tyler? Colonel, Colonel, doesn't it strike you as just a little odd that it's snowing? No, no, balls happened before, way back in, uh, you know, 1800s of half sleep. Yes, yes, a freak storm covered the entire island in white. Of course, that was, um, that was hail, not snow. <laughs> Same difference, what? <laughs> oh, hey, no, no, hold on. Well, it's got to be ready. <laughs> so they talk with Joe as well, because Joe and Marla come up, and they try to figure out exactly how this is all going on. Joe recites something about the fact that there was one Christmas Eve where in Montana the temperature dropped like 85 degrees and the next morning was a white Christmas, but that was in Montana, not in the Bahamas or the Caribbean or wherever the fuck this island is. Captain Fun comes over and says, hey guys, you should join the snowball fight with us, and he's wearing a scarf, but the scarf is surprisingly stiff. Is that like a Joe scarf or something like that? Like he's jizzed in that thing so much that it just stays up straight? I like to believe so because that is a that guy's a fucking cocksucker. Uh, we then cut over and hey, there they are. Those are the two dudes from earlier in the film. You remember Beavis and Butthead, who the girls went out to the beach, got killed uh, while they were looking for these guys. Well, they're back, and one is basically saying, "Oh man, my beer is warm." And how do I get this thing cold? And they're like, man, look, 
The pole is cold. Put your tongue on the pole, and then when we pour the beer bound, it'll be nice and cool, and you'll be able to get your tongue off the thing. And then it goes like, dude, no, man, there's no way that I could do that, man. It's just going to stick to, don't worry about it, dude. Everything's going to be okay. Oh, okay, man, I guess I'm going to go. I'm going to be an idiot and stick my tongue to this. I mean, it worked in a Christmas story, right? He was able to get his tongue off it and afterwards, but he also had to have it all stitched up. But I'm going to still do this anyway, dude. All right, bro, go on. Oh man, you're fucked. Bye. And then out comes Jack to uh, say probably one of my favorite words in the entire film. Yeah, dude, what's up? My tongue's stuck, man. Oh, bummer. Let me help you. Oh, thanks, dude. Now, this might sting a bit, bro. So, Kawatunga, that is my favorite word, and I'm going to be trying to use that more often in my normal vernacular uh, and see if people catch on to Kawatunga, dude. Uh, (laughs) So, we go back and we see Sam and everybody, and they're still talking about what's going on, and Sam really feels like he can feel him out there and he wonders where's Jack at? Can you see anything? I'm looking. What is wrong with everyone? Jack Frost is not here. Oh yeah? And what the hell is that? <laughs> oh for Christ's sake, Sam, that is not Jack Frost. They just built that. Sam, no! Hey Jack, you remember me? I sure as hell remember you. Sam, don't! These folks around here, they don't know you like I do, Jack. They think you're cute and innocent, like butter wouldn't melt in your mouth. See this, Jack? You know what this is? This is concentrated antifreeze, and I've been wearing it around my neck for a year, just waiting for you to show your ugly face again. Now, it's time for you to die again, Jack. How about it? Are you ready to scream? Okay, you done fucked up, Sam, because he actually wears that thing of antifreeze around his neck, and he picked yet another wrong snowman. There is no scarf on that guy. Remember exactly what Jack looked like before, and he's got all his pieces back, so this is his final form with the carrot nose, the charcoal eyes, uh, and the scarf. The only thing he's missing is a top hat, but he never had a hat in the original film. It would have been nice if they gave him one little upgrade, something like that. Made him look a little more like Frosty the you know, snowman, something like that. But So he scares them out into a corner. Manners comes, he shoots at him with his gun. He manages to still have the same gun from the last film some way. And they all board themselves back up in the wedding suite that Sam and Anne had been using. Sam 
looks at him, everybody, you know, basically saying, hey, guess what? I wasn't crazy. Though he did bring a bunch of antifreeze, cock, and other things that, you know, just in case he actually decided to show up and cause havoc, which is ultimately what did, right? So they're all kind of happy to have it. Uh, but then they all try to figure out where exactly, how did he get there? And Sam thinks with the most ridiculousness of all things in this film that, hey, we must be linked. How did you know? I don't know. It's as if we're linked somehow, as if I'm a part of him or he's a part of me. I want to know what a government agent is doing here. I'm not a government agent anymore. I've retired to this island. Oh, come off it. It's true, Marla. He's been here for months. But Jack's here, not because of him, because of me. Oh, come on, Sam. We don't even know if it is Jack Frost. No, Marla. It's probably some other walking, talking snowman that everybody's talking about. What the hell is going on here? You brought talking on our vacation? Well, I could come in handy at any time. Yeah, so Joe's a little suspicious because Manners is there. And he recognizes Manners from everything that happened before. And then, of course... The whole fucking thing with, oh, we must be connected is fucking stupid. But we do get a little bit of an explanation of that in a bit, which is just as fucking stupid. Uh, But they decide that, hey, you guys stay, meaning Joe and Marla and Anne. They all stay back and armed with super soakers filled with antifreeze. Manners and Joe armed with super soakers filled with antifreeze. They go after Jack Frost. Never thought we'd find ourselves in this situation again, I'm sure. Well, it's not like before. Before, Jack couldn't just freeze things. How the heck did he find me, anyway? I'm a thousand miles from home. 2,340. I checked my air miles. Could you tell that you were coming here, anyway? Oh, come on, that's ridiculous. If Jack had asked anyone for directions, they would have contacted me. If they'd survived We go back and we see Ann, Joe, and Marla sitting around and they start contemplating on what exactly is going on here. Marla is still a little uh, skeptical of everything, even though Jack just fucking popped up in front of her. Meanwhile, Joe actually comes up with theory about how Jack Frost tracked them all to this location. Oh, please. Hold on, hold on. Remember, the night Jack was melted, Sam was wounded, right? Mm -hmm. Bleeding into the antifreeze. Well, maybe somehow their DNA got mixed up together. No more sci-fi channel for you, honey. Marla, think about it. How else did Jack find us out here in the middle of nowhere? Oh, come on. The next thing that you're going to be telling me is that there's going to be something within uh, Sam's DNA that's going to affect Jack to the point that that's what's going to kill him, right? Oh, God. It just seems bad. It makes sense, right? Because Jack, uh, since to a point, I have to put that disclaimer there, because Jack did stab him with an icicle and was basically killing him. And then when he got that, you know, tarred strength to push him back and take him out into the antifreeze in the truck down below and melt him, he was also in there. But you have to think, too, that part of Jack probably also went inside of Sam, or the antifreeze is also part of Sam's body. Whatever the case it is, that is kind of their explanation of how Jack is actually tracking down Sam and company. Meanwhile, Sam and Manners, they have come over to, I guess, one of the safe rooms that are there, that back office we saw earlier, and they run into the Colonel, Bobby, and Cocksucker, uh, 
and they start throwing shit at them as soon as they enter the room. One of the funny things they do throw at them is a butcher knife. Not the fact that it's a butcher knife that's thrown at them. Fast, they just fucking bounces off of Sam. Like, if it was thrown at anybody and it was sharp, it would fucking stick into you, right? Like, or at least cut you. It does nothing. It just bounces off him and falls to the floor. And, of course, they want an explanation from Sam and Manners of exactly what is out there killing uh, everybody on their resort. What was that thing? All right. Listen up. I'll tell you exactly what you're dealing with. Jack Frost is a cold-blooded killing machine. Now, he's, he's also made of uh, genetically altered water molecules. I'm sorry, that's, that's usually the place where people start laughing at me. Okay, okay, well now, Jack, he can freeze and unfreeze himself at will. He can turn himself into water and come right underneath the door. So what we've got to do is find anything we can to seal up the cracks. We've got to make it as airtight as possible. Well, what about your wife? They're okay, they're okay. They're holed up in the room with a couple of gallons of antifreeze. Antifreeze? It's the only thing that'll stop him. We need to collect as much of it as possible. Antifreeze. Okay, antifreeze. This is a tropical island, for God's sake! Wait a minute. Is the antifreeze the same thing, coolant? Uh-huh. Well, we got drums of the stuff in the old storage shed. Our generator drink it up like a rum punch, you know. Let's do it. So then we get a montage of the gang getting the antifreeze and then filling a pool filled with it and putting a tarp over on top of it with some cornflakes to simulate the snow on the ground. So hopefully that they can uh, fool Jack Frost into actually falling into this pool of antifreeze. So Sam sets himself as the bait and he attracts Jack Frost. And of course, the plan goes somewhat as planned, but not completely. How's it going, Sam? Jack. <gasps> Hi, Jack. So, what are we doing? Waiting. Waiting for what? Waiting for you to blow it. Ooh. Oh, shoot. Here I come. Ready or... Sorry! <laughs> Okay, nobody pulled back the tarp to basically pull Jack into the pool. He fell in by himself. Like, he went to jump, and he's just on the outside of it, and he slowly falls in. Secondly, was that a gun cock for a fucking super soaker? Like, he literally went like that, and then you get a gun cocking sound like he's going to shoot him with a fucking bullet when he's supposed to be pretending to shoot him with antifreeze, which he doesn't have inside of that super soaker. So Jack does fall into the pool, he melts like the Wicked Witch, and everybody begins their premature celebration. good at this, you know, I'm getting way too much practice. You ever want to get into official snowman? Right? You Have you any idea how much this shit stings? And I swallowed it! I'll be hacking it up for a week! Shoot. Fire! Shoot! 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 Oh, please, this again! Come off it! Oh. Is it working? Why isn't it working? Because I'm all new and improved. 
Get back, everyone! What's the matter, Sammy? All our ideas! That should kill you. The antifree should kill you! Well, let me explain to you the inherent dangers of unregulated genetic experimentation. You see? You oh. oh, excuse me. I must have swallowed more than I thought. Oh, somebody get me a Pepto. Okay. I'm out of here. <laughs> that still makes me laugh too. The fact that he just goes, oh, okay, well, bye. And he just leaves. And we don't see Jack Frost for the last 20 minutes of this fucking movie. I kid you not, he doesn't show up until the last like 10 minutes of the film. He is just completely gone from this point. We're at about, uh, I'd say about an hour in, maybe an hour and about four or five minutes. And the movie's an hour and 29 minutes long. So for the next 20 minutes, there's no fucking Jack Frost. And what we do get, oh, God. Well, what we do get in his place is the snowball that he puked out. So he, they all grab it and they put it into the room and they begin watching it and trying to figure out what exactly is that snowball uh, and the fact that it's been over 15 minutes and it still hasn't done anything or melted yet. How long now? 15 minutes. I'm telling you, it's just an ordinary snowball. Joe, if it's just an ordinary snowball, then why hasn't it melted in 15 minutes? Well, antifreeze should melt it. That's what we used the last time. Just antifreeze. Good old-fashioned antifreeze. And just never... Honey, you're rambling again. Okay. Anna's right. We should get rid of it. Absolutely. Better safe than sorry. It's just a snowball. What you doing? I don't know. Wait a minute. I think it's hatching. Hatching? That's right. For some reason, drinking all the extra antifreeze when he formed back up together has made him pregnant. Or allows him to shoot out snowball babies. So he's got this snowball baby here who takes out fucking Captain Cocksucker. He basically stabs him right in the face with like a little icicle and it's all cutesy-wootsy and then he chases everybody around the room until they're able to capture him. Sam is still in shock because he cannot believe that Antifreeze didn't kill Jack and he doesn't know what he's going to do. All he keeps saying for the rest of the film from this point on is we gotta get some Antifreeze. We, we, gotta, we gotta get some Antifreeze. Oh, if we get the Antifreeze we can go ahead and kill him. Okay. Like, I know that's sounds like a very bad what mark Wahlberg, but it's seriously that's the only thing that he does and so and she takes over as captain badass for the rest of the film uh she figures that she they need to go out there and they need to collect all the damn little snowball guys because those things could get off the island and cause havoc to the rest of the world there were more of them on the island anyone have any idea where he was headed he just kind of ran off well i don't know about you people but I'm going to lock myself in here and wait for the supply ship to come. Good thinking, Bobby. Oh, God, the supply ship. We can't let these things get off the island. They split up. What? Well, there's hundreds of them now, and they've separated. Well, Sam, where are they? You know, we'll be, we're going to be all right. We just have to get some antifreeze. Cork it, Sam. Oh, yes, dear. All right, we need to find containers. Containers with lids that close tightly. Jars, bottles, anything that we can trap these little creeps in. And... What are you doing? 
I'm saving the day. Meanwhile, what we didn't get to was the fact that Manners was out there on his own trying to find Jack Frost. He just went out there to go and track him down. Manners does come across a, like a shed in the middle of nowhere, and when he walks in, he sees a bunch of those little snowballs. And they all happen to have coal eyes, and he doesn't think that they're anything special. And that's when Anne calls him and says, hey, where are you? Do not approach any of those snowballs. And he's like, I'll have to get back to you on that. And then he gets slaughtered by a bunch of the snowballs. So if they ever make a Jack Frost 3, I wonder how they'll bring him back this time. Because he was basically devoured the first time by Jack Frost, and this time he got it from the fucking little snowball critters and he's kind of going out like a bitch it really sucks like i really thought that maybe he would survive longer or he would have some kind of confrontation with jack frost get a little bit of revenge on him and then die but no he gets eaten to death by his fucking babies his little fucking jack frost babies so meanwhile uh after this revelation that they're getting they need to capture everything before that supply ship comes in the morning. She convinces the colonel and Joe to go out there and start capturing the little critters. Which, there's a montage of everybody trying to get them into whatever receptacles they have with them. Joe has a shop vac. She's just dressed up in some weird type of armor with a screw top type thing. And the captain's got like a burlap sack that he can grab them in, I guess. Anne gets over to where the bar is, and she runs into some survivors that are over there. She, This girl that pops up, I swear she looks exactly like the same actress that was the model that got killed by the pieces of ice. Like, she looks almost the same. If she's not the same, then she looks like one of the girls that was at the beginning of the movie with the three that got killed in a different way. I don't know if they used the same actress again and they just didn't want you to believe that this was the same person or they actually got two people that look almost identically the same. Maybe it's her twin. Maybe that's what happened and what went on here. Well, the little snowballs come and then they attack everybody that's hiding behind the counter and knock this poor girl out completely cold and start killing the other things. One of them is busy drinking uh, some of the alcohol that's left out there and another one comes up and drinks from a tin. But when he drinks from it, he explodes. He, like, melts down. And she takes Anne, takes that uh, liqueur over to Bobby to figure out what exactly is in the drink. Because something in there is actually killing the little fuckers. What is this? Hey! Come on, it's some kind of cocktail. What's in it? Oh, honey. Not now. Anne, I really don't think it's a time to be swapping recipes. It kills them. It kills the baby snowballs all right. Now, what the hell is in it? Oh, that's Bobby's Island Daiquiri. It got light rum, just a dash of maraschino, lemon juice, half a teaspoon of sugar, and half a banana blended to perfection. Oh, it must be the alcohol. That's like antifreeze, right? I wouldn't like that. I'll have a mint julep, Bobby. Not now, Sam, please. I don't like bananas. Honey, not now! Bananas. Oh, my God. Sam's allergic to bananas. You remember a year ago when Sam's blood got into the antifreeze? Well, that's when they linked up. Well, maybe when that happened, Jack inherited Sam's banana allergy. (laughs) Marla, you have the perfect response to that. Are you fucking kidding me? Banana allergy? 
That's how all this shit is going to fucking go down. That's how Jack is going to be taken out. He's going to be taken out by bananas. Because they do make some type of banana jizz fucking concoction. And then they start going all Michael Bay and fucking action blowing up everything that's going on. Explosion here, explosion there. Fucking little baby snowballs all getting fucking exploded all over the place. And everything looks fine. And everybody comes back to rejoice. And then you have Bobby and the Colonel. And the Colonel's trying to find a way to sweep this all under the rug so that way his resort doesn't get closed down. We'll come in first thing in the morning and hose the whole place down. No one will be any the wiser. <laughs> be open for business in a week. Colonel, you got 18 bodies to explain, man. Food poisoning. <laughs> oh, no, no, that wouldn't look too good either, would it? <laughs> we'll just say the plane arrived. Nobody on board. <laughs> Now, right before this, we saw Jack actually seeing one of his little snow babies uh, and fucking looking at it. And you had a long little scene of him just staring there. And then a tear forms in Jack's eye and rolls down his face. He's crying for his dead babies. And he's going to get revenge on these guys for doing whatever they did to them. So after that little speech there from the colonel, Jack shows up and slaughters both him and Bobby. And it sucks, because Bobby actually doesn't deserve to go out that way. Only really the colonel does, because he still wants to have a fucking resort, even after everybody on the fucking resort has been killed. And especially when the authorities arrive and they're like, well, nobody was in the plane. But yet, you logged everybody in. I mean, you have to fudge so much fucking paperwork just to have you know your resort still to you even though like two dozen people got fucking killed on the island well uh outside everybody's still cleaning up and we see that joe and marla realize that it's turned to the next day it's past midnight and that means that's their wedding day so joe does something really sweet and recites like kind of vows you know till death do us part blah 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 and then there's a weird cut when they kiss and then when they come back jack is obviously behind them like they set up the puppet afterwards and did a really bad edit and then you see jack there and he's like you know does the like till death do you part type thing and then he chases after them they run away and they run into the freezer and jack surrounds Anne. Sam is nowhere really to be seen at this point, and he traps Anne inside a, like, box, puts the ice spikes in there, and then slowly closes them down, but eventually turns into his snowman self. Then Sam appears out of the middle of nowhere and stabs him with a banana on a stick, thereby exploding Jack and having Jack go out like a bitch. Like, there's no other way that you could have done it. There could have been anything else. She couldn't have got out. Like, he could have saved her at the last minute. Pulled him through your snow and then had one last standoff where you actually had something quippy to say. But instead, no, you just fucking explode into a bunch of goo on the ground. And then we have Sam looking for Anne through all the goop. She uh, does survive the explosion of Jack. And he wipes all of the, the stuff off of her. She says she hates Christmas. And then we get to see the ending uh, along with the theme and a little bit of a stinger part uh, at the end of the movie. So, Sam, where do you want to go next year? Oh, honey, do we really have to go anywhere? Oh, honey, it's great to travel at the holidays. Sure, but something always goes wrong. <gasps> How about Greece? Greece? No, not another island. Oh, Sam. 
has happened? It appears the island has been covered in snow. Yes, but that is impossible. And yet, here it is, before our eyes. Did you feel that? Yes, I did. But what was it? I do not know. But it is coming from behind the island. So that was Jack Frost 2, Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowman. Um, And overall, how is it? I mean, yes, it's cheesy. Yes, there's rage-inducing portions. But it's not that terrible. Like, honestly, I think I enjoyed it. And a lot of it had to do with the humor uh, aspect of the film. This, they really seemed to try. And they realized that they didn't have the budget for a lot of things. In terms of, like, the practical effects, some of the kills aren't bad. There is a lot of little bloody sequences and stuff like that. Uh, But in general, like... The humor, the subtle humor was really good. Like, I really enjoyed it, and that's probably because it's around my line of humor, to be honest with you. I like the little things, like when he was telling him, oh yeah, he did a great acting job, and Sam's like, well, I wasn't there. You know, and even the fact that Marla is laughing her ass off when they're talking about, oh, well, bananas are what he's allergic to, and that's going to kill him. And she's laughing, and then she's like, okay, I get it, we got to go along with this, and this is what's actually going to do it. It's it's interesting, and there's, you know, the puns that Jack does, maybe not the best. I do like the decapitated coffee. I think that was pretty funny. I just don't like the fact that they did a couple kills off screen. Uh, the fact that I was promised a lot of TNA, and there was really only one scene. Um, you know, it's filmed in standard definition. It's not letterbox, so it, it's really... I don't want to say it's difficult to watch, but it's just like the quality is less than the original one. The original one felt like more a theatrical release, even though it wasn't, where this one definitely feels like we just want to cash in on people's cult status of the last one, and we're going to make a terrible film, but was it all truly that terrible? I think this is a so bad it's good film. I I think that it's a little slow in parts, but... I think that you can get through how ridiculous some things are. The anvil scene is fucking hilarious. The whole thing with the ice, as it is, it's weird. But at the same time, I find it very fucking funny. At the same time, the way that they did it, uh, and the fact that he's making commentaries is like, oh, I'll give up this killing life for you, babe. And just because he's touching her nipples, like, without her knowing. I mean... It's weird. Uh, the the puppet really fucking sucks. Uh, I understand why it's not in the film for that much of the film. 
so in general, what do I give this? Well, the gore factor, it's like a 3.5. There's some pretty good effects that are in there. Um, it, I originally thought a 4, but going back through when I was doing the audio grab, I'm like, uh, it's not as good as I thought it was. But, like, the head exploding scene is pretty good. Uh, and there's a couple other scenes, like, they pulls out the tongue. That one's pretty good, too. So, you can see where they kind of did their little extra money to do those special effects. And that's why it gets a 3.5 out of 5. The crap factor, it's a 5 out of 5. Acting still bad from everybody but the major players in the film. Uh, the the story is just a little muddled and jumbled. The thing with the, you know, you think the FBI would know that their fucking creature has run off and not try to follow him after he escapes when he's not there. Uh, that seems just to be a throwaway. The fact that coffee brought him back to life, ugh, that's fucking stupid. Like I said, the first 15 minutes are a little unbearable to get through, but once you do and you get to the island and he starts doing the killing, it's not so bad. And then the fun factor. The fun factor is a 3 out of 5. I think that it's... Uh, better than it needed to be, but it still is lacking in some areas, and there still are some questions that need to be answered, like, why does a honeymoon suite not have a king-size bed in it? If if they're the ones actually getting married, and they got the good suite, why is it like shit? How did he get the, the ability to freeze the fucking world? Like, those things don't get answered, and he just has these new abilities that for somehow antifreeze has somehow given him. So overall, I give this three and a half acais out of five. Uh, it could be a lot better, but it could have been way, way worse. Like I said, I think the humor in this film actually kind of saved it for me. And there were parts where I was laughing so loud at how horrible it is. It's just a so bad it is good movie. It is not on the level of some of the ones that we've seen before, or I've talked about before, where they're just so ridiculously fun because there still are some annoying things. Captain Fun can go suck a fucking cock in hell. That character is so bad that I don't ever want to see that guy ever again in anything that I watch. So thank you to Order of the Hexagon for uh, giving me the suggestion for the two films for the month. Even though you only suggest this one, you get the honor of having suggested both. Since we're just going to make a month out of it. Uh, as always, follow them. It's at Order of the Hex on Twitter. Also, orderofthehexagon.com. Check them out for different reviews of movies, film, TV, uh, anything. And you could submit things to them if you are an artist and you want them to review something. You can go to their uh, contact us page, select the person you want them to review something or do a podcast on or whatever it is, and then make your submission there. So it'd be great if you guys, uh, you know, went out there and actually checked everything out and follow them on Twitter. They need more followers on Twitter. They're really trying to get off the board. Uh, you know, this is something that spawned off the fact that UK horror scene went down and that these bunch of guys got together to basically uh, bring that back to life. Uh, but this way, in terms of order of the hexagon. So go and check it out. As for me, uh, let's talk about our next film because it is happening uh, and I'm releasing a couple days before New Year's. So why not go with another New Year's movie uh, that stars one of the greatest scream queens in all of uh, horror movie history?
train. Everybody take off your mask. So this year, come celebrate New Year's with me by listening to Terror Train. Uh, as always, you can find the podcast on Twitter at T underscore T underscore podcast. Facebook, Terrible Terror Podcast. That's Facebook.com slash Terrible Terror Podcast. Uh, on Instagram, Terrible Terror Podcast. The Horror Amino app, Terrible Terror Podcast. Uh, as well as, I, I think that's really, oh, email, Terrible Terror Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, there's a couple other things that I want you guys to go check out. Uh, if you haven't listened to the episode that I released as a bonus with Robert Christopher, please go and listen to that very good conversation with him. Uh, you can check him out. Uh, he is available on Bandcamp. Uh, all the music there. There's one track that we do play, uh, but you can listen to more of what he has available. Yes, it's a three-hour podcast. I know it's a little long for some, but take it in chunks. It's really, really interesting. Also, uh, our friend of the podcast, Phantom Dark Dave, is starting a new podcast called comics be good podcast go out there check out the initial episode Uh, i believe it's available on podbean uh right now and should go to the other locations you know your apple podcast your google plays all that stuff when he gets everything set up but he's going to focus on dc comments uh so i'd like you guys to check that out and somebody that shouts me out every time on their damn podcast uh that you should also check out is angry dad podcast available on itunes spreaker uh all those fun places uh youtube as well he puts his podcast up on there uh very helpful life advice from a very angry dad so with that said, you're going to want to go ahead and check out Terror Train. It's currently available on uh, Amazon 
Prime. So you can go on there, watch it for free if you have Amazon Prime. And also rate review the podcast on everything from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and whatnot. So I leave you and say peace, and we'll talk to you next time. Every Christmas, baby.